Right, gang? You like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 251, episode 3 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it's Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. Yeah. Still 2022, huh? Yeah, yeah. Still going with that. Yeah, still going with that one. All right. Turns out. You know what day it is? No, I don't. National Maryland Day. Okay. Yes, of course, it is National Maryland Day. Shout out the shout out the crabs out there in the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, National Peach Pie Day. Love Peach Pie. National Waffle Day. Peach Pie though, that's actually one of my favorite things. Pretty solid day. Other than the fact that Maryland, I feel like in October in August probably smells more like low tide than normal. Mm. But I I still I'll still give it up for Maryland. Maryland has some beaches. And shout out to Maryland <laughs> and Peach Pie and waffles. Love it all. My name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I get the feeling my pants are soaked in pee. My wife's grossed out by me. Whoa. That is courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi, man. Still just fucking roasting me for riding riding on that ride. Coming off and my pants being drenched for no apparent reason. I would have... I would have noticed if I peed my pants. I yeah, but we I know I we, would have. We believe all right. 
that's fine. If the thing okay. was probably pre-soaked and it was just bad timing for the you. Ride was pre-soaked. <laughs> Find a new angle. It Anyways. was a pre-soaked ride. <laughs> <laughs> they pre-soak it so you look like that. It's good marketing Ugh. for the ride and how scary it is. Find <laughs> a new angle. Uh, I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. I hit my heel on my leg so painfully. Jack, go on without me. Oh, okay. That's Christy. I'm a Gucci man because he just threaded those together. And that's a great reference to, I think that was a trending episode where I was crossing my leg and errantly hit my heel on my shin bone and almost died. It was, yeah. it, I've never had such pain go through my heel bone. But anyway, I'm here. I'm good. Damn. That's right. That's one thing that I, that made me realize I don't have a very sensitive heel bone and maybe there's something wrong with me because that, mm. that didn't really make sense to me. I still, if don't you had, it didn't you. to me either. It's not like I'm walking around being like, Hey man, you know about my sensitive heels, <laughs> but like it just was like scientifically the point where there was as barely little meat to protect my uh, heel bone. And I just made direct contact with like its weakest point. So it reverberated. Mm, maybe like I an, got weak Achilles situation. Yeah, yeah thank could you. be, could be. Uh, well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined by a very talented journalist who is yes. the creator, executive producer, host of the new podcast, Partition. It's Neha Aziz. What's up, Hi. Neha? What's Whoa. up? How are you? Oh, you know, we're 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 thrilled to have you. Yeah, yeah. thrilled to be here. I think I'm a co- a couple octaves lower than normal. I'm still fighting off. I I. Uh, COVID last week, and then my kid brought home a cold from from camp. Mm. So it's just a we're we're keeping them rolling. We're, we're yeah. we've got rolling illness in the household, <laughs> keeping a couple plates spinning. You know, nice. uh huh, like a Knicks halftime show. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Neha, where are you coming to us from? I'm speaking to you from Austin, Texas. Hook 'em horns, right? Yeah, I went that? to UT. So oh, great, okay. great. <laughs> nailed it. How how is Austin? Is it uh, warm yes but it's been raining so it's like 81 degrees but it feels really gross but i guess mm. i'll take it over like 103 so right right yeah take a little humidity take a little humidity. yeah a lot of humidity <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah our antelope valley over here i don't know if you're talking talking shit with that 103 comment but our <laughs> antelope valley uh which is pretty close by uh los angeles is Possibly breaking breaking the land speed record or whatever the the hottest temperature ever recorded in the next couple of days. So we take pride in that. We're we're we've gone around the corner. We're like, yeah, we're the we're the hottest. <laughs> Holy shit. how wait how high are we talking? Oh, I think wow. it was one hundred eight. Yeah, isn't okay. that a record? I think what do you mean, they were like, saying possibly record breaking for the, on the area, alert. Probably oh maybe for not that like area. on the surface of the earth type record. Okay. You know, All right. Come on, that, man. That's it was just out. 40 in the UK, bruv. Bruv. My bad. All right, Neha. Well, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we are talking about today. We're talking about Mar-a-Lago Sweatfest, just the the ongoing circus of reactions. They still talk about spinning plates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of plates spinning. Truly. Different truly. directions, different people. There was there was a moment yesterday when people were like Donald Trump Jr. or Donald Trump has chosen to represent himself maybe in this situation, which I mean that's I never keep, a good sign. He practically is anyway, because they're like the lawyers would be like you can't do that legally. He's like that's what I want to do though, and they're like okay, <laughs> I guess I'll lose my license. Yeah, 
they they filed a motion that I think a lot of people were speculating seemed like it was written by him. But it's just fun to look at his circle as they as they react. We're going to talk to you, Neha, about Partition, yeah. your show. Great show that talks about a, a piece of 20th century history, one of the most important events of 20th century history that has been memory hold in a lot of places. And most? Yeah, most right. places. <laughs> yeah. In the West, at least. We might even talk about McDonald's play places. Is that really what they called them? Play places? That's yeah. Pretty, pretty vague. But the, those playgrounds that they used to have connected to <laughs> McDonald's and still do some places. It just, it smelled They're like... death traps. Yeah, it, it smelled like a pee sneezed on a piece of poo inside of McDonald's play. If you can string yeah. those a sensations pee? together. Like, sneezed on a poo. Like it's, a pee the vegetable? Or a, take, like... However you want to take that, man. Okay. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. I like or if that. urine was a real person or a being itself yeah. that had the ability to sneeze. There's always Band-Aids. I always smell Band-Aids in, in places like that. Like, I, I don't know. What, I wonder if, if you just, just have a thing like... so many it, Band-Aids. Or some, there, like, there's a sense memory that, like, there's, like, a whole spectrum of sense, but one just sticks out to every person in a different way. Like, yeah. You like, you have that memory Band-Aid. of when you were eating peas and it sneezed on a piece of, the, the pea that you were eating sneezed on a piece of poo. Yeah, exactly. Right. And or I just sneeze, smelling I'm, Band-Aids. Or I just have this thing where I'd be like, yo, I could smell that sneeze. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, just like a that fucked is up such feeling. A bad smell. That's what it I mean. Smells like chicken soup, and like, oh, but like <laughs> also the inside of a, a stuffed up head. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. All right. Well, I, I feel like Neha is <laughs> just politely smiling and nodding along. But we, we will not only talk about no, no, peace, no. sneezing on poo. We will ask you questions such as, Neha, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? <laughs> so it's my friend's birthday today, and she wants to go to an adult skate night, which I don't think I'll be participating in. I don't find that to be a, a successful endeavor for me. Uh, <laughs> but I did want to know if there would be food. And if they had a menu. And so then I looked at the website and there wasn't a menu, but it did mention a chicken strip basket, which I'm here for. So okay. I'm definitely someone who always needs to look at the menu before going anywhere. I am unfortunately a little bit of a, I'm not going to say picky, but I mean, most people would say picky, but I'm a very non-adventurous eater. So mm, I'm like, really? I need to make sure <laughs> I can eat something there. What are like the boundaries of... You know, like I, I, I get it. Chicken strips. That's like th- like nine out of 10 people are going to vibe with that unless you're like, obviously, you don't eat meat or something like that. But what yeah. what are the what's what's like a thing too far that your friends are like, damn, man, you won't even eat that. <laughs> um, I feel like there might be a lot of those. Like I just went back. I just went to Mexico City and I was like, I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> but I think it, I just I don't eat seafood. Thing. I don't like fuck with the ocean. Things for the ocean. I'm just like, I don't, I want to do no that. No fish, no seafood. No, okay. no seafood. Yeah, okay. And I, I think it's just like a lot of things I didn't grow up with, like meatloaf and like green beans. Like I just like never grew up with that stuff and I don't really see the appeal of eating them. So mm. I like, I don't eat that. <laughs> right. I'm trying to think what else. I'm sure there's a bunch of things that people are like, could name like 10 things off a list. Sure, but, sure. You yeah. fuck with pizza? Of course. Okay. All right. Okay. I don't know. Some people, that's always, that's always like the sign of the pickiest of eaters 
It's well, I will like say, I think part of this is my mom's fault because my mom doesn't eat cheese. She doesn't like cheese, which wow. I think is crazy. But even okay. people who don't like cheese eat pizza and she right. doesn't eat pizza. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> so it's her fault. Wait, what's adult skate night? That just means no kids allowed? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, <laughs> when you're like, no. that's not an endeavor. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, no, what the I don't. Fuck is I'm that? Uh, not that, not quite that adventurous. No, but it it's, yeah, it's just like no skates? kids. <laughs> ice or roller? I can't. Like I did. We had like a like a date dash thing in college where we went to the roller skating rink, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't do this. I don't have any balance skills. I'm like hovering by the rail. I'm just like, right. I don't. <laughs> Yeah, just like, you're pulling you yourself this. along the side rail. That's yes, exactly. Style I'm just like, I'm going to be in the ring. stands with my chicken strips and yeah. take some pictures. And right. that's it. <laughs> and just for your information, uh, Miles is hovering over this subject because he is like a sneaky good skater. Like he goes yeah. to adult skate nights weekly. Yep. And just it's like it's like a Rajon Rondo situation where suddenly like he just pulls up and everyone's like, whoa, they call me I Mr. Flair that for him. when I pull up because <laughs> I have a sequin jumpsuit I wear and I'm just bounce rocking and skate. I love I, I used to play ice hockey, so I used to skate a lot. So whenever there's like weird opportunities, like someone's like roller rink party. And they're mm-hmm. like, why is this asshole doing spins? Like, yeah. Like, You're like that person at karaoke who's like, oh, I'm not a good singer. And then like says some like crazy like. <laughs> Yeah, Celine yeah. Dion stuff. Right. No, yeah. I'm I'm not good at karaoke, but I love to perform. So I'm I, I wear it out. Like you know, if you're going to karaoke with me, the first song I sing is Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. Uh huh. And just kick. Let set the tone right there. Solid choice. There you go. A great choice. Oh yeah. And you do put the finger to the ear like you got a little earpiece in your monitor when you're yeah. hitting the exactly. If you're an OJ Mac or I wanna be player. You know what yeah. I mean? You know that's you got to do that. What is something you think is overrated, Neha? <laughs> I thought about this question a lot because I'm like, I feel like no matter what I'm going to say, I'm I'm going to get in trouble. Do it. But I feel like I've already gotten trolled for this quite enough times. The good news is this show does not matter. It is a <laughs> okay. great podcast, so you can go nuts. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say something controversial, and I'm going to say something I think is overrated is the movie Blade Runner. Wow. wow. Okay. I've actually heard this a couple times <laughs> in the not too distant past. I feel like there is a a Blade Runner backlash. It's not good. I mean, you can talk about it being a technical marvel and like all these things, but I'm like, if you're talking about like narrative storytelling, I'm like, it's not there. Mm-hmm. Boring. <laughs> That's, That's a, not too hot of a take, but I, I like I like how it you're is like, pretty, Man, oh. I don't know about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody clear out. (laughs) I think it is for some people. I have like a friend who anytime they see someone's talking shit about Blade Runner, like when someone on Twitter is like, what movie do you think you don't like? That's like lauded or something. And someone's like, Blade Runner. He like sends it to me and he was like, I'm upset. And I'm like, it's not a good movie. So (laughs) also, I know you were looking for support, but (laughs) I know I was like, I said it and I'm just like, dude, they're going to love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but particularly was I had it, I think it was Hinge, like the dating app that was, I can't remember how exactly the question was worded, but it was like an unpopular opinion you have or something. And I, I had put like Blade Runner is not a good film. And of course, like some guy who has like feminist in his profile, like right. matched with me just to tell me that. You're I was wrong. wrong. Oh <laughs> so my I God. Was like, Look, I was like, I'm this doing is going to because... rile people up. <laughs> I'm doing this because I'm a feminist and I want you to avoid the embarrassment of having that take. Yeah. Uh, so I have to explain <laughs> to you why you're wrong. Yeah. Did you see Blade Runner 20, 
whatever. 40, 49. 49. Yeah. No, I didn't. I saw Blade Runner, I think the final cut, like two or three years ago, I think. Uh, I think maybe summer 2019. There's a theater in Austin called the Paramount. And like every year they have like a summer classic film series. And so they played Blade Runner. And I'm like, okay, it's gonna be the first time I'm gonna watch it. It's gonna be in a theater. It's gonna be like the like the cut that everyone's like, this is the best one. And then I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> so I think that's like always in my mind now. Yeah, the I think my appreciation for the original Blade Runner is hurt by having seen Blade Runner 2049, because I, th- I think it is also somewhat boring, also a technical marvel. And just like all the things that are beautiful about the original Blade Runner are like advanced by Blade Runner 2049 in some ways I, this is again i i am getting on this island with you and i know it is about to get bombed but i'm i'm okay with that I, right i agree blade runner is like one of those movies that was important and like it brought in a lot of like cool synth vibes into mm-hmm. like soundtracks and uh created a very cool aesthetic but watching it now it is a John Belushi situation for me where I'm like, I appreciate what he did and we wouldn't have Chris Farley without John Belushi, but it doesn't it doesn't work for me now when I watch it. Find a new angle. That that's my that's my general vibe is find a new angle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, <laughs> like can a replicant consent anyway? You know? It's like <laughs> that's, that's the other that's a thing I see people argue about all the time, like kind of a weird litmus test for people where they're like, Well, you know, what is consent if they're like a fake being? And I'm like, this is so weird that this is a conversation you want to have like upfront about the film Blade Runner. But OK. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to art house theaters like that just will show an old ass movie like every once in a while. I think that's we, we have a lot of them in L.A. and like Austin. It makes sense to that they are there. I went to the town I grew up in, Wheeling, West Virginia, which much smaller, and went to the place where I went to see my first movie, Rocky Four, in downtown Wheeling, West Virginia. And the theater no longer existed, but across the street they had turned an old church into like a weird like art house theater and community theater. So like they had movie like old classic movies and like you know community theater revivals of of old plays it was it was pretty dope shout out sounds shout out cool to, do they have like yeah. stained glass still like yeah effect? yeah oh, it looked like a straight cool. yeah it was very cool what is something you think is underrated well this is like loosely related to a tweet that had stuck with me and it has to do with like the like discovery hbo max stuff that's happening mm-hmm. and you know Every day they're just like, these shows have disappeared from HBO. And it's like a lot of shows I never got the chance to watch because I program films for a few festivals. So from September to April, that's like all I'm doing is watching films, like submissions and stuff. And so I'm really behind on TV. Like I just watched Squid Game like three months ago. (laughs) And I was like, there's a show I really like called Starstruck on HBO Max. I don't know. It's so good. It's so funny. And it's been picked up for a third season. But now I'm like, will it still be there because it's a max original and i think the max originals are kind of all in question right now and i feel like it's a show that a lot of people don't talk about or know about and just really funny charming well written you know you got some south asians in there which is awesome (laughs) it's just yeah it's just really fun and 
I like that it's a kind of a slice of life show because I think I feel like in a lot of movies and TV, like if there's not like an explosion or a car chase, they're just like, it's boring, whatever. But I was like, no, like this is really fun and it's cute and um, I want more people to watch it. So watch yeah. Starstruck on HBO Max and it's pray like, that yeah. it doesn't leave. <laughs> I, yeah, it's also great because the premise is so grounded. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, what if this person who works at a movie theater, you know, right. like then uh, somehow crosses path with like the biggest action star in the world and yes. now they're dating. And watching like the the clash of the two worlds, I love like th- that first episode where like the paparazzi thinks she's the housekeeper, oh, the cleaner. <laughs> I love it. They're like, oh, it's just the cleaners. It's just the cleaner. And she's like, oh, sorry. And he's like, hey, no shame in that. Good honest work, isn't it? <laughs> and she just like takes a bag of. Yeah. I'm not going to attempt to do her New Zealand accent. Yeah, yeah. She takes like her bag of trash like around the corner because she's like. Okay. I guess want- I kind of yeah. had to go with yeah, this she's now. Yeah, like embarrassed to be like, no, I'm, da- you know what? I'm the cleaning lady. There it is. <laughs> and I'm going to go to my it's job. So and then the her her roommate, Kate, is so funny, too. So I good. love that so character. Funny. Yeah, There's it's so truly many good characters. It's a, it's such a good show in that sense. Uh, and I, I have a feeling it'll probably be like one of those HBO Max shows that I know they said like the good one or, you know, the good ones, the ones that will make it one that being like full on HBO shows. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it. You know, it's, it meets that standard for sure. I hope so. Yeah. Mm. Have you seen it, Jack? Yeah, yeah. We did a streaming corner. Oh, yeah, it. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My that's favorite scene. I, got it, I have to give it up to Kate so many times. There's that one scene where they go to the premiere and she has like four cocktails in her hands yeah. and she goes up to Rose <laughs> Matafeo's character and she's like, I told them these are for my boyfriend. Fucking idiots. <laughs> like She's so stoked that she got these free drinks. And I'm like, I love when you capture that like essence of like people being like, yo, dude, I'm in this like new fancy place and I'm kind of... Yeah, I'm having. I'm like you gotta milk it for what it's worth. Yeah, Mm. Uh, great show. Yeah, it's it is. You will like it. Like I feel like no no matter who you are, if you listen to the show, you enjoy it. You you will like that show. That's like I feel like one of the most straight down the middle should be more popular than it is. Great underrated pick now. Yeah. Damn, I didn't know you like programmed film festivals and shit. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that guy came at you with a. With a Blade Runner like explanation, right. <laughs> he probably yeah. probably didn't know what he was about to get into. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe oh, he huh. denied one of his submissions. I, I don't want to be like this now, but I was like, well, I studied film and journalism, and I work there. But that's like besides the point. Like, you're everyone's entitled to their opinion. But yeah, I I think the first thing he was like, is this about the new one? Because if it's not, then this is a bad take or whatever. I was wow! Like, oh my dude. god! Just like again, y'all. Don't get so attached to these fucking things that you think that's an attack on you if someone mm-hmm. doesn't fuck with it. Like, for real. Like, mm. step one to becoming an adult is fucking let go of, you know, getting so turned up if someone doesn't like some shit that you love. Mm. Mm. All right. Do do we want to have this conversation? I'm going to see Raiders of the Lost Ark at the Hollywood Forever Great. Cemetery. What, bring them, bring them my kids. Mm-hmm. Just watch it on HBO Max. And... It is very good, but it is. It it's I don't know wildly of, racist. It's very racist, and it, <laughs> it doesn't hold up in a lot of ways yeah. that like I I was I was surprised by. I'm I'm very curious to see if my kids enjoy it the the parts that they can see through their hands because it's also kind of scary. Wait, how old are your way. kids? Four and six. Oh. God. <laughs> 
Take it over oh. to a movie where Nazis' heads get melted off and we're oh, yeah. watching it at a cemetery. Well, I hope they uh, don't get too attached to the monkey character in there. I yeah. know. Yeah, the monkey. I feel like that's what they're going to gravitate towards. So Right. The monkey is so cute and just <laughs> you know straight so up. funny? Indiana Jones films had me drawing swastikas as a kid. <laughs> it's Because they were they in the really... film all the time. They're in all the time. And I, you're, I'm, I'm fucking four years old. I'm like, I don't have no fucking context. I'm like, they're yeah. the bad guy. And I'm like, oh, that's a shape I can fucking draw. Like, yeah. I wasn't good at drawing. I'm like, fuck, I can't get this dog right. It's like drawing a Slayer squiggles. album cover for somebody who can't draw too too well. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, the bad guys from Indiana Jones. <laughs> right. They really like lean on that swastika, though, man. There is yeah. just lots of big old swastikas just flowing everywhere, everywhere in a way that seems like it might be impractical for the for the Nazis to spend that much time and effort. Getting just beautiful <laughs> red what a flags. Beautiful I don't know. I mean, I, see, I think they were they're pretty proud to. to yeah, have they were know kind that of into that. So. Yeah, they were real into their design in the the Nazis. But it's a it's a wild movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy that it is as just like uh, as much of a nailed on classic uh, as as it is because there's a lot of wild shit that happens mm-hmm. yeah. anyways i can't wait to see what your kids think when they look <laughs> into the ark of the covenant yeah i will report back <laughs> just <laughs> oh my god that, that's nightmare fuel my four-year-old is obsessed with death so it's kind of oh. interesting he's just constantly like what happens when you die what's death like you know when he's playing i overhear him being you know killing things or dying or you know so this is gonna be this can be interesting that's a phase oh yeah i mean it makes sense to me like and and it's not yeah i'm not like oh no like what's happening he's he's dark i remember like that i asked i asked my mom when i was like four or five about death and she was so blunt with me she was like oh yeah everybody's gonna die you're gonna die i'm gonna die your dad's gonna die yeah it's kind of what i'm gonna die and i was just like (laughs) (laughs) soon but that's just the process. That's yeah. just the process. And I was like, this was too real for me. Yeah. I have a niece and, who's four who's also very, I don't think she's obsessed with death, but she is very inquisitive. Mm-hmm. And I always make the joke that like, we can watch Jaws because it's PG. So I'm like, let's watch Jaws. And then my sister's like, no, you need to leave the house. We're not going to do that. <laughs> that's that exact conversation is taking place <laughs> over the last six months between me and my wife. Because my <laughs> six year old is obsessed with sharks. But The boy she, is ready. The boy, that's what I said. The boy is ready. Maybe start off with like Shark Week or something. Oh, we we've worn out Shark Week. Yeah. There's we have all we have watched all the good footage of uh, great white sharks feeding, breaching, great white shark feeding frenzy. That's, right, that is on constant you know, rotation. I remember also too when I asked my dad about death, he said, "Go in the bathtub and close your eyes and put your head like your ears below the water." Like when your head like dunk and then think of how you can close your eyes and think of how you, not much is going on. It's like that's kind of what, <laughs> what? that was like. Yeah. I would have gone how to old sleep, were you? but that's a, that's a I was probably like six. I think he just wanted you to leave him alone and go in the bathroom for a little bit. <laughs> no, nah, my, my parents had a very like straight up honesty policy with me, you know? And so, and it wasn't really traumatic. I mean, as a kid, I was like, okay, when I go in the bath next time, like, I don't, I can't fucking conceptualize that but then like as i got older and i was like oh float tanks and like sensory deprivation i'm like oh this is what the fuck he was trying to say 
I did a separate sensory deprivation tank once. I it was the closest to time travel I've ever come. It was like I went in, the lights went down, the lights came back up. And I guess I fell asleep for 45 minutes, but I did not notice that shit at all. It was just <laughs> over. So That's maybe wild. that is what death is. Anyways, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the Mar-a-Lago sweat fest that we've been witnessing. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
And we're back. And I mean, thing like for the most part, for all intents and purposes, the story is still the same. We will hear more about like what exactly was in the affidavit, I guess, tomorrow. Yeah. If we want, like even then the judge is like, if everything has to be redacted, there's no point in even showing people because it's yeah. basically saying it's pretty bad. It's not good. But so in this period in between, you know, it's another one of those fun periods where like they don't know what to do with themselves. And so we we just get to see the right wing panic, which is yeah. as it's, as good as it gets for us at this point, because they are does feel like they're ascendant and like eventually going to take over the government. But it, at least we get to watch them squirm. But in the meantime, we can watch them squirm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are. They're dealing with a lot of problems. The first one is dealing with just the optics of Trump hoarding sensitive documents like some goofed up Smeagol. They're in the <laughs> L.A. Times write up about it. He was apparently one was describing swatting away government officials and saying that the documents were, quote, mine. Um, so. Okay, fine. Uh, but no, they're mine. I like. I I felt more like it had more of a children, like a child vibe oh, when I heard I'm, that I'm story. I'm thinking more of my precious. He's like, I mean, mine. there's definitely a my precious, but he's like, no, they're mine. No, they're mine. mine. They, they, they gave them to me, so then they're mine. Well, Ron DeSantis, uh, he went on Fox and Friends, and you know, as somebody who a lot of people are keeping their eye on, is like being maybe the actual person who's going to be running in 2024 uh, with the Republicans or not. He had a really interesting answer to a question when the host of Fox and Friends said, hey, have you talked to have you, had to, have you talked to Donald Trump recently? You know, because that's all happening in your state. And I don't just tell me what you make of this answer. Governor, have you spoken to the former president about it or about anything lately? Well, uh, Brian, uh, it, it, to the extent I do have conversations with them, I'm sure DOJ and FBI would leak that to the New York Times. So stay tuned on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Damn, he thought that was a good answer. Like he got real smug looking. Like, and I guess when yeah. you're on Fox and Friends, like they're they're just gonna be like, <laughs> that's so funny. Is that is that him saying like trying to say no, I haven't? So he's trying to be coy because he doesn't want to say no, I haven't. I haven't spoken now. To the extent that I have spoken to him and uh, I cannot, the New York Times would know had I because the DOJ would leak. Uh, and it, it, he like managed to speak himself into a weird like logic probability cloud where, where it's like it did and it didn't exist. Like Schrodinger's Oh, right. Cat. Like a very like a cousin Greg type answer. From yes. Discussion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's smart. Yeah, he's smart. Then there was this other time uh, that Jared Kushner goes on and asked a pretty straightforward question. You know, why why would President Trump have all these documents? And oh, my my man does a real good job again of just being like, I, I don't really know that guy anyway. He's asking for a special master and asking for them to stop going through the stuff as they may be right now. Uh, the New York Times has got the item today from Maggie Haberman and some of the other reporters that apparently there were 300 classified documents at Mar-a-Lago over the last year or so. And they, you know, they think they've gotten them all by now. Why would the former president have that many classified things at Mar-a-Lago? So, so I'm not familiar with what exactly the contents were. And, oh, yeah. But what I'll just say from my personal experience is that 
uh, again, in the campaign, in the transition, we had a, a right. very innocent meeting with uh, the Russian ambassador. Goes on, word salad. This has happened before. They think something we did something bad, and it turns out it wasn't. But also, I don't really know him or yeah. associate with him that much, so let's not don't associate with me. <laughs> don't he definitely has a hand, hand coach vibe. Like, his, somebody's coaching him on what to do with his hands. Yeah. Maybe in an earwig. So that that is the closest I've ever come to identifying with Jared Kushner. Because <laughs> my, my hand coach, we're making progress, but I'm still not there. I'm still yeah. not natural quite yeah. yet. He also looks, he really lo- looks like he's, like, aging backwards into a little boy or a dummy of a little boy. It's very, very yeah. unnerving. He feels like the main character of, like, a contained thriller about, like, a doll that, you know, is, like, fucking a everyone's life up. thriller. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's all taking place in one house, you know? It's, they're big right now. Contained thrillers are fucking huge. Yeah. And because dolls can't run very fast. I, yeah, I just like exactly. Specific. That's good. But that was Donald Trump's son-in-law. What about his real sons, his birth yes. sons, his real children? Eric... Is chill is the, not a word I would use to describe who? these children. Chill oh, is not no, a word. no, yeah. absolutely not. But Eric Trump is doing the same thing he's been doing, which is lying his ass off about how much energy is out there and how people are constantly oh, coming right. up to him about how stu- fucked up this is. This is him on Newsmax with a very similar take. I'm telling you, even the energy. I mean, I was on a flight this morning. The energy on that flight, everybody came up with to me. Sorry what these people are doing to your family. Your father has to go out there. You have our vote. You have our entire family's vote. You've got our entire street's vote. Uh, everybody I know, uh, you know, wants them to run again. Uh, they've really pissed off everybody, Rob. You know, people know exactly yeah. what this is, and that's a weaponization. Um, oh, uh, yeah, the DOJ or whatever they're going to say. So, yes, the energy out there is so it's so amazing, dude. You won't believe it. And actually, you should vote for us, which right. maybe soft pitch that, uh, you know, this he's not in terrible, terrible trouble. And, oh... We got to round out the, the, the defense from the children from old Don Jr. Yeah, this is the one that I had heard about. This Dude, is... he Ooh. he's fucking he's he's out here on some next level like stand up. He's like Bill Hicks now. I think he's just like blowing up and then getting on stage and just doing wacky stand up. So here's Donald Trump Jr. talking, saying like, yeah, it's a good thing. My dad has classified documents, essentially. Donald Trump has the nuclear codes in the linen closet at Mar-a-Lago. What? This is straight stand-up. By the way, for the record, I'd say that if Donald Trump actually still had the nuclear codes, it'd probably be good. Our enemies, our enemies might actually be like, okay, maybe let's not mess with them. Unlike when they look at Joe Biden and they say, you know what, we should attack now. Um, wow. what does he think the nuclear, never mind, doesn't matter. <laughs> but, so Donald Trump can, uh, can truly a child's understanding of, of how, how this works. Yeah. Again, like, I don't want to lean too much on the visuals, but his body language is like, suggests he's been taking acting lessons of like how to play his father in a like straight to oh, DVD. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's doing. Did you notice? Like he's doing the handout. Yeah, and, the, and there's like a lean. Yeah, yeah. It's, hey, you know, it could just be genetic. It could be effortless. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neha, what did you think about his delivery? You know, as like a, <laughs> just someone who watches people perform. Do you feel uh, completely uncomfortable by it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I was on my phone, and then I saw that clip, and I was like, 
no. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is so weird. <laughs> it, it, it's it. I think it's the whole situation. Like you see that there, there's, there's just this like weird flailing to all of this shit, right? Like him getting up there, it really. I don't know what he thought he was doing up there. And it's funny you brought up Chris Farley because I was watching this like dark side of comedy documentary about Chris Farley. And one of the his castmates was talking about like when you're get when you're getting fucked up and doing comedy, it's really hard to connect with your audience. Like when you're fucked up and Donald Trump Jr. like looked like an example of someone who's like, I'm just going to get in my own world and go out there with a mic in my hand and maybe people will laugh along. And if not, yeah, whatever. You're just going to watch me fucking flat. Just watch me like I'm a I'm a wind up toy. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm real wound up. <laughs> this yeah. goes along, too, with, you know, the, his lawyers are screwing up. We've already talked about how, like, Laura Ingram was like, hey, maybe you should do like lawyer stuff and like file motions, which they did way too little too late. And all along with this going on, there's like this other issue that the Republicans are talking about, which is them not being so sure about a red wave this midterm uh, this November, more of like a red sneeze, if maybe. And we would had Mitch McConnell saying, you know, uh, because of candidate quality, like maybe we need to readjust our expectations. Meanwhile, Laura Ingram is doing this thing where she's like almost begging the viewers to be like, they're not that bad, guys, just. Let's just pretend for a little bit that they're really good, huh? So maybe this will work. So instead of complaining about our candidates or kind of being wishy-washy on them, we should recognize that this group is actually great. She's talking about Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker. Uh, okay. okay. This is like in response to like these people getting kind of like outmaneuvered in their races and everyone be like, what's going on here? Our nominees, with a few exceptions, like Colorado, are political newcomers. They haven't had a lot of experience, but that's okay. They're out there fighting for the average person. They should be respected for getting in the ring. Okay. So, so it's like I, A for effort. Let's vote for them. Yeah, I think there's just, there's clearly, a there, there's a lack of energy that they're, I'm sure the consultant class and polling class is noticing. And they're like, you, I don't know, maybe have Laura, Laura Ingram scream at them to vote for these people who are not great at all. Yeah, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to to see. I still I just have a a pit in my stomach that like this is again the polling class making it seem like what what they read in the Washington Post and shit is is actually like relevant and also like their inability to poll republicans effectively like i don't know we'll, we'll we'll see i just i'm i'm very pessimistic about america call me crazy oh, you absolutely uh, <laughs> should be but i think there's just there is something to you seeing like when someone is actually confident versus one desperately trying to project it too yeah it and is fun to watch that's what i'm picking up on i'm like mm, you don't sound too confident and that's all i can say about that uh one more thing since we are they on the are just learning this stuff as they go you guys this is actually like really good imagine if like you just went out and tried to play nba basketball like it would be hard right like you'd get you'd get beat pretty bad and these guys are kind of holding their own out there so i think we just give them give them some respect they're trying huh all right, right. get out there uh, and then finally, just because we are talking about campaigns and we talked about like 80s films like Jaws and Indiana Jones just now, um, Ron DeSantis, he's got a new ad. And on that same interview, when he went on Fox and Friends, he they were like, we got to talk about your ad. 
And it's he did like a take on fucking Top Gun, but it, it was just this is this is when it's interesting, right? Because when he goes on Fox, I also see the network also trying to get viewers comfortable with the idea of him being like one of the biggest figures in the party, too. So this is just a little bit of uh, padding on the back from Fox to Ron DeSantis for his so like his sick ass Top Gun ad that he made. And now you have a new ad based on the very popular movie Top Gun, uh, channeling your inner maverick. Let's take a look and get your response. Don't fire unless fired upon, but when they fire, you fire back with overwhelming force. Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking asking you to tell me what's in the bill. Damn, (laughs) son. How did you come up with that idea for, for that ad? Well, I think it was something that uh, my, my wife uh, initially <laughs> thought about because you talk about the dog fighting and it's like, okay, well, what is our dog fighting? It's dealing with corporate Top press and <laughs> always making sure that we stand our ground. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, so. Stand your ground. No policy there. Sparring with uh, CNN is similar to being a Air Force, a decorated Air Force uh, military hero. I think yeah, we can all agree yeah. on that. Top Gov. Uh, Top yeah. Gov. Why would I be carrying this helmet if I wasn't a pilot walking near jets? Okay. <laughs> well, he's got my vote. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. That is pretty wild. Like that, I feel I do feel like that is a new like that used to be a big thing of like no no false that like you can't steal valor. Oh, stolen by, valor. Like, wear, wearing a military uniform that you didn't actually where but i guess i guess we are far beyond that point it's it's just interesting how far how far from uh the the original republican party these guys have gone yeah oh you know what he was in the navy he was in the navy jack oh man i feel like a fucking jerk yep i'm sorry hold that l jack Uh, i'm i'm done yeah yeah this this episode's over (laughs) cut it Cut the tape. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, I would say it's going to be interesting, but it. I just, I just feel like nothing's going to get done about Trump. He's going to roll to victory in the primary, and then I don't know. I got a bad feeling. That's where I'm at. But I'm just. I don't have a bad feeling. I'm waiting to have more things to give me a bad feeling. I'm. Okay. I'm still. I still. I still run at a general pace of uh, ambivalence, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I'm fucking gonna go either fucking way. But I'm. I'm more. Uh, I'm more like, I'm like, oh, wow, there's a lot of data to sift through right now. I like that. Mm. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk to Neha about partition. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course, and Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. And now I guess like for I, I was going to start out talking about like how partition has been somewhat like memory hold, at least in like Western education. But because of that, we probably should open just by telling people like what is what is partition? Yeah, so uh, partition is something that took place in 1947, and it basically started when Britain was like, hey, we don't have any money. We can't control India anymore. So we're going to give India independence. And so within these conversations, like other politicians came about. And so they were like, well, if India is going to have independence, like other people would want a separate country that's Muslim majority. And, you know, all of that is all very complicated. And there's like a lot of dates and documents and things like that. But basically, it was a super rest decision. And a lot of the decisions that were made were not thought of with like what is best for the people who are living here, but what can we do to get unscathed? And when I mean we, I mean the British. And they just 
really messed it up in a lot of ways. You know, the person that they chose to make the boundary line uh, was a lawyer who had never been to India before, had five weeks to to separate the country, never visited communities. And, you know, like I said, he had five weeks and, you know, naturally he burned the documents before he left and then got an award when he came back. So, um, yeah, so that happened. And it's and a lot of the history that is out there talks about the men involved. So you get a lot of Gandhi, you get a lot of Muhammad Ali Jinnah, who's the founder of Pakistan, Jawaharlal Nehru, who's prime minister of India. And like all that's fine. But it's also like that's not the story I want to hear about. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the stories that we have. And it, and because of this decision, you know, like independence was announced and it, it's called like it, it happened at midnight. So August 14th would be Pakistan independence day and August 15th would be India's. And it was the 75th anniversary last week. And but the boundary line was announced two days after independence. So people didn't know where they were supposed to go or like what's happening. So there was all this confusion and and like all this kind of like panic. And so because of where those boundary lines are, a lot of people found themselves like in the wrong part of the country. They're like, I'm a Muslim and I'm in a Hindu majority area. I need to move. I'm an Indian. I'm in a Muslim majority area. I need to leave. And there's also other religions there as well, like Sikhs, and I'm sure many other ones that quite, there's not a lot of research that I've seen that talk about other religions. And so there was like this mass migration, over 14 million people were uprooted, uh, one to two million people died. You can maybe compare it to the Trail of Tears in the United States, something a little similar, another forced migration. And there was just a lot of ensuing violence. And like I said, like the British just got to leave. You know, I'm sure the Muslim and Indian Pakistani politicians, I'm sure, didn't like that this happened. But it's also like, to me, it felt like a lot of personal agendas got in the way of trying to make a solution. And I'm sure there wouldn't be like a perfect solution. But I feel like if they actually put in time and effort, it would have been a a little bit easier, I think, and maybe not as much bloodshed, but yeah, that's, you know, neither here or there, but that's basically what happened. And it's an event that's really, you know, alive today. It's, it's something that we can trace back to for why India and Pakistan have such a volatile relationship with each other and can kind of speak to the present atmospheres in those countries right now. Like India is going through like a surge of nationalism with their prime minister. Mm-hmm. So it's something that really affects everyone of future generations yeah right and it's uh, it's like you're saying like about the ignorance around it right i grew up you know having an american education you hear like you'll hear maybe one or two things about india maybe one Mm -hmm. thing about pakistan right from there i'm like looking at a map i'm like okay it's like they're right next to each other i know i knew nothing of the partition until I'm not joking. Maybe when we started doing the next up thing. Yeah. And I was hearing about what your show was about. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was I was like, damn, I I mean, I knew that it something happened, but right. that's not that's not something I had access to. And because of just my media diet wasn't something that I ever had the curiosity for because I had no idea how much of a like turbulent, mm-hmm. like chaotic moment that was. And it is yeah. wild to like you look 
we have so many things like this where just depending on your proximity to it, it can be something that is like not even a thing that enters your mind or something that is generational trauma that you have to set out and explore to try and sift through to try and understand yourself better. Yeah. And all of my education was done in Texas, which is a whole nother conversation, <laughs> but it's like, that's not really stuff I'm going to hear. You know, right. it's like, I've spoken to a lot of people when doing the podcast or just having casual conversations. And it's really the thing that they remember is Gandhi being a pacifist, standing up to the British. And it was like a happy ending, but that's right. not really what happened. And, you know, like you said, you recently found out about it from what you remember from like our conversation from like a year ago, mm -hmm. but that's not uncommon. You know, so many people who are my age, like their parents don't talk to them about it. Their grandparents don't talk to them about it. And if no one talks to them about it and you're not taught about it in school, like, where are you going to learn this information? Yeah. And like, yes, like I obviously knew that Pakistan used to be a part of India, but it wasn't until, you know, a few years ago where I was like, wow, like this happened, like where I really found out like the really dark history behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are, there's, I think... Uh, anecdote I either heard in your show or, you know, in reading I did from like just listening to your show, like an anecdote of like a family learning that they had to flee when like a friend of theirs was like, yeah, you will be killed tomorrow in your home if mm -hmm. you don't if you don't like move to this new country that didn't exist a week ago and yeah. like packing up, moving to a, a new place you've never been before and the border closes behind you is just you know an amazing story a horrifying story like the sort of thing that you know really fires the imagination and it's like very just hearing the stories in your podcast is like so so vivid and yeah and relevant to the world that that we're living in now and yeah, to to you guys' point, I mean, it was, it was happening around the same time that we were learning about the Holocaust mm -hmm. and, you know, widely considered one of the most important events of the 20th century. But as you point out, there's no, at least in Western culture, there's no, like, Schindler's List. There's no, like, central kind of definitive narrative. Like, it also reminded me of how, you know, the Saudi coalition's atrocities and bombings in Yemen that people ignored while they were worrying about and like putting up signs saying like pray for ukraine and stuff it's like you know just two parallel atrocities but one yeah gets attention and, because of white supremacy right and that's i don't i don't like outright kind of say this but i do mention with the podcast i hope that people have a new and better understanding about refugees and immigrants because mm -hmm. it's very hard to become a citizen in this country. I became a citizen when I was 25 and I spent all but eight months of my life in the United States. And, you know, with like Ukraine, there was like, like you said, like this outpouring of support, which is amazing. Obviously, they need our help. But that wasn't the case like when Syrian refugees needed homes. Like, I don't I don't think the UK was particularly happy that they were there, you know, so I I want people to care about refugees, immigrants, other people who don't look like them, you know? Yeah. Right. And it give and I think I mean the show's amazing because it gives you you know, like you can read about the things that have happened in history and they'll affect you in one way. The times when like you hear your grandfather speak or your dad reading his words or your mom like just hearing people speak like what their memories and experiences are. It's very easy to try and 
put yourself in that place when you're hearing like another human being just very simply talk about like the terrible things they saw amidst trying to figure out what what country they needed to be in or not be in. And I think it's like a really powerful part of it is just we we look at so many things like, you know, just like the idea of this lawyer who drew the who drew the boundaries and knew nothing of this place that he was like splitting up. Mm-hmm. And the idea that like there are people who are making decisions in this such abstract way where it's like, hey, man, you got five weeks to make this new fucking board. And then right. how that translates down to the human level and based on where you are in the decision making process, it's going to affect you in different ways. That lawyer, he probably doesn't even know a, 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 like a fraction of how terrible people's existences were because of that. And meanwhile, the, you're, we, we see that trickle down to the actual human beings who are now suddenly like, I don't know where I where I belong suddenly. Yeah. And I think he I think he had an idea because he had written a letter to his nephew saying basically how he was never going to go back. And because there's going to be like he he said a very large sum, like this number of millions of people looking for me and Mm -hmm. quote, I don't want them to find me is written down in a letter. And he didn't take his like fee for the job. And I'm like, you're a white lawyer in England. Like, you're fine. Like, this was probably like, like an icing on top of the cake situation for you. (laughs) That wasn't going to like make or break your make or break like your life there. But yeah, it's just crazy. And like, I can understand in certain circumstances how Someone who doesn't know anything might be beneficial, but this is literally dividing a country. Like mm-hmm. you have to have knowledge. This isn't like, hey, we need we need like a non-biased opinion on what this outfit, whatever. Yeah. Like, you Spending know, like very different. Right? Yeah. 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 When it yeah. leads to physical, like, yeah, people disrupting people in physical space, mm-hmm. that's fucking violence, no matter yeah. what way you look at it. And as benign as you may think the endeavor is to do it without without that consideration yeah you end up in a situation i had no idea where the guy's like yeah i i i I have i've up and displaced millions of people who probably now would want to see me dead yeah yeah you i mean you you just talked about like finding out about it kind of relatively late in life and the the lack of sort of this definitive narrative that you know popularizes the story and like puts it in people's imagination but i i do want to talk about because you you talk about finding out about it at a mall but it was an installation by an academy award-winning filmmaker (laughs) at a mall which i had never heard of like i didn't Mm -hmm. know that was that was a a thing but that's what kind of brought it alive yes for you and so it, it it does feel like i don't know that that was something i found inspiring is that like there's this art and jur- journalistic counterpoint to the active forgetting and the burning of documents by that lawyer and you know your podcast being a great example as well of that like counter that like counter balance of like inspiration and creation that you know is the opposite of of, of the forgetting but can you, can you describe the the installation and just that moment of of kind of discovering Yeah. So because we don't really have like bars and like that kind of nightlife in Pakistan, or at least like widely known, the malls kind of act as like the nightlife there. So they're open really late, like the food court until like 1am, like you can go shopping at like 11pm, which is 
awesome. It's really mm. cool. And fun. so like the mall kind of ha- has like a different like epicenter vibe than it does like here. So I think I was, you know, just curious about like what stores they had in the mall. And that's kind of when I stumbled upon this exhibit. And I was familiar with the filmmaker's work. Her name is Charmaine Obey-Chinoy. She's a two-time Academy Award winner. I believe both of her works can be seen on HBO. One is called Saving Face, which she co-directed about acid attacks. And the second one is a called Girl in the River, The Price of Forgiveness, which is about honor killing. So very heavy stuff, but very important. And I saw that she was doing this and I'm like, oh, I want to see this. And I think I just kind of was like, oh, she's doing this. I want to see what it is, but not really grasping like like what the exhibit was actually Mm -hmm. about. Like I knew it was like India and Pakistan. I'm like, okay, that's cool, whatever. And then like I go in here and I'm just like, what is this? (laughs) It's like totally just like in shock. You know, like there was, from what I remember, there was like kind of like, maybe not different rooms, but like different sections of things. So there was like some VR stuff. There was objects that people took with them, you know, like interviews with people and just, you know, very. it was kind of very interactive. And, you know, like my parents, I was just watching them go by and it's, it was so different because like they're aware of this story because this was like their parents' history. And then I'm just going here like, like, like just having like a you know like open mouth experience like like what's happening and and i talk about this in the first episode where they there's a question where it's like what would you take with you if you had to leave your home and you know i mentioned that my mom is not like i'm gonna participate like no she's not like that like you know Mm. she's not gonna like let me write this down and the fact that she was so moved by the exhibit and she felt compelled to write something down which ended up being a picture of her family to me was like very poignant, very special. And it was really there in the mall food court where I was like asking my parents, like, what is this? Like, can you tell me about it? And like I said, it's that's very common for people who are my age because there's still so much to unpack there. And, you know, I actually talked to my mom about it the other day because I got this review of someone who was just so shocked that I didn't know until I knew. And like jokingly, I told my I told my mom, like, oh, this is your fault, like obviously as a joke. And she was like, no, like, you're right. You know, we never thought about it. And, you know, like, like I said, we're immigrants. My parents' main focus when they came to the United States was to survive. Like, we came here with... Like, I have a sister. They came here with two kids, eight suitcases, and they were like, how are we going to make this work? And that's, like, the stuff they were dealing with. So I don't think it ever really occurred to them to be like, let me sit you down and talk about partition because it was just, like, so many other things they were worrying about, you know. But it's, like, people I've interviewed, you know, whether they're my age or from a different generation, it's... They're like, I found out with a book. I found out because I took a college course or I saw this seminar or I saw this movie. Like, it's very rare that was it was like, oh, my father told me this. Mm. And it's, you know, I also think it's like a cultural thing where I feel like we don't really talk about I'm a sensitive person. So I'm always talking about how I feel. But like most people aren't really most 
Asian in Asian culture, they're not outwardly talking about their feelings and having discussions and like all these kinds of things. So yeah. like we or just kind of keep them. Yeah. Unless it's gossip, like no one's right. interested, you know, so, <laughs> like, so it's like they they keep those emotions at bay. And I've kind of compared it to The Farewell, like the Lulu Wong film which I don't know if y'all have seen, but but yeah, so the character, what's her name? Aquafina, like her grandmother is sick and like her family's like, we're not going to tell her. And she's like, what? Like you will have to tell her. Um, and you know, and it, she has like, like a terminal diagnosis. And yes. Like, yeah, and yeah, they're just we're like, just okay, gonna, like, we're really not going to tell her. It's party fine. for her, but yeah. not tell her that she's going to die. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I was like, this is what that felt like, where it was just like, here's this big part of your history that we just, you know, whether on purpose or not, just never got around to telling you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's wild how, like, I feel like uh, relatable, just like that concept is if you come from, like, a diaspora mm-hmm. community or just anything where there's generational trauma. It's like, like, I remember doing a book report about the Great Depression, or I had to do a report on the Great Depression. I, I asked my grandfather, who was alive in Chicago during the Great Depression, I said, what was it like? He gave me the most flowery version of it right and then like wasn't until later on when i was like an adult i was like what like what was it really like and he really had trouble really talking about all of it because it was Mm -hmm. so fucked up and he's like you know we got we got through it you know it was like there was some bad it was yeah it was really it was bad you know we didn't have a lot and there was a lot of uncertainty but it shows like at times we we don't always have a full understanding of our own history and sometimes Mm -hmm. it is hindered because of the fucked up shit that people went through yeah and yeah and like it's a whole other process of like wow like i have to have the empathy for like my relatives who like not being upset like this is how could you keep this from me but also seeing that as like damn this is this was the human life that they lived and now i'm here it's like you hear about the perseverance but not about like the actual like struggles yeah right yeah and how you mentioned like 9-11 happening when you were a child being like part of the story of why you didn't have like the bandwidth to focus on like that. Let's let's own own our trauma. And, you yeah. know, like that, you know, you're you're living in a like very white Texas suburb and, you know, just trying to survive like even yeah. to the, to that degree like that. I found that to be really really interesting yeah like you're i'm 11 years old like on the like i don't know if we knew for a little bit of time but i know like when a parent was there to pick up their kid like there would be like an announcement like so and so come into the principal's office like your mom's here and we just kept hearing a lot of those things and then i think like we finally got the news about 9 11 and then of course like even to this day like when something happens i'm like i hope it's not a muslim like i hope it's not a muslim who did this whatever right and then it's just like weird because you're like 11 years old. I literally don't know anything. I'm in sixth grade and like people start treating you differently. You know, people have these views of like what is considered good and what's considered bad. And it's like, how are you as a child supposed to reckon with this information? And right. also, again, like living in the society that I did, like anything that made you different, you're supposed to suppress. And I was just like, I don't really... I was like, I don't really know anything about my culture. I don't really like care to, at least at this point, like 
it was more, I'm not going to say embarrassing for me, but more just kind of something I had my guard up about. So like something as simple as like we're in Best Buy, my parents are arguing in Urdu about like a TV and I'm like, I'm not right. going to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> like right. I'm just going to go over there or like the food that your parents pack you for lunch. Like I said, like I wasn't having like, here's yeah. like a thing of green beans or whatever. It was like, here is like ethnic food that usually has a very strong smell yeah. you know so it was like a lot of those things where i'm just like I'm, I, don't, I don't think i really want to mess with this and you know and i don't think it really was until i moved to austin and went to ut where a lot of that changed well it's a great podcast like i said it's you know do, doing the work for I think a lot of people that 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 installation in the mall did did for you. So everybody should should go check it out and you know recommend it and oh, rate yeah. and review. It's so I mean I can't say that enough. It's re- it's so well done. I was yeah like everybody absolutely should listen to this. If if you have like any inkling of curiosity about it, which you should because like I said, I I can own my my own my, like almost near total ignorance about the topic. Yeah, me too. And that made the listening experience so much more like I'm so much more absorbed in it because I'm like if I I need to understand like every single thing you're saying like right now and it's told in a really fantastic way so yeah congrats for sure mm-hmm. this is a fantastic show where can people find you follow you all that good stuff yeah so you can follow me on Twitter at Nehaziz13 you can follow me on Instagram at Nehaziz the podcast is 1947pod on Twitter and Partition Podcast on Instagram yeah, yeah. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yeah. So I kind of mentioned earlier, I saw this tweet and I thought it was really funny, but it was like that meme where like the girls like explaining something to the guy at the concert Screaming or whatever, which yeah. got tired very quickly. But I thought this was funny. It was by Allison Herman. She's a writer at The Ringer. And she said, HBO is a premium cable network. HBO Max is a streaming service that houses content from many brands, including HBO. All HBO series stream on HBO Max, but HBO Max series don't air live on HBO. Both are (laughs) owned by Warner Brothers Discovery, which plans to merge HBO Max with another streamer. And that's where it ends, which I think was really fun. I think it was a very like, like, because when people heard about all this like Discovery stuff and they're just like, what? Like, they didn't really know much like when HBO Max was launched. They're like, what is this? Because it just, not to be mean, it wasn't marketed very well. And HBO Max is not an appropriate name for what that network was because it does house like things from Turner Classic Movies and other entities of Warner Media. And they just used it for their brand. But yeah, it's just really funny to me. And I think people are just trying to figure out people who aren't in like a entertainment film TV industry field are just trying to figure out like what this means. Because I think I saw like today, like a couple of animated shows aren't getting released anymore. And it's just like it's just like it's so sad. And that's like years of people's lives. On the other hand, HBO Max does both include that it's a you know com- combination of hbo and, and cinemax and also it borrows on the success of pepsi max which was <laughs> one of the great marketing dusted yeah just pepsi too, max. too good to i haven't thought up. about that and i don't even know how long <laughs> it's like to the max yeah like, no, it's not cool anymore guys what are we what are we doing no. here 
right. What about Pepsi? What about HBO 2000? <laughs> Wait a second. What? <laughs> Extreme HBO oh, yeah. to the max. That just reminds me of like water guns and how like crazy yeah. they got with like, yeah. here's a Super Soaker 7000. That's like yeah. what that reminds me of. And I remember being like, well, what's You can 7, kill 000? a pig with it. Like it goes 7,000 feet? Right. Like, no. That would That's be what, insane. That yeah. is what they told you, though. That was what that was the lesson that I learned was that, oh, man, I got the Super Soaker super 30. Soaker. It goes 30 feet. But then like this dude got the super, the super Soaker 100. And you can actually put out a fire down the street with that thing, man. <laughs> it's Oh, yeah. They, they actually use it at slaughterhouses. <laughs> Yeah, the co- yeah, they they shoot them out of helicopters during forest fires. <laughs> sure, Miles. Yeah, where can people find you? And what is the tweet you've been enjoying? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Check us out on the basketball podcast. Miles and Jack got mad, mad boosties because we do, and we like basketball. Uh, and also, if you want to hear me talk about just. My favorite reality show, 90 Day Fiance, uh, with another immigrant kid, Sophia Alexandra. Check out 420 Day Fiance. It's a fantastic show. Some tweets that I like. The first one, just to go along with your HBO Max screaming girl in the dude's face at the rave pick. Past guest Kate Hagan actually tweeted something that actually went viral because she was also speaking about the situation with streaming. And her version was, in all caps, obviously, because that's how all these memes are, streaming only creates the illusion of infinite choice. In fact, our access to films hasn't been this tenuous since the pre-home video era. The average blockbuster carried about three times as many films as are currently streaming on Netflix. Physical media is more important than ever. Cuts off. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it is. Uh, another tweet I like is from uh, Adam Sirius at Bro Brow Tweetin, uh tweeted me. I need a passport so I can go to Australia. Clerk, have you ever been convicted of a crime? Me. Is is that still necessary? <laughs> oh, I saw that. <laughs> Fantastic. And last one, uh, at Honda CRV, the third tweeted, fuck a breakup. Have you ever realized one of your friends was kind of a terrible person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah. shit is wild. That's a breakup. That's yeah, just, it is. Just break up with that friend. Absolutely couple tweets i've been enjoying massey tweeted the season finale of the rehearsal just fully convinced me that child actors should be illegal and that nathan fielder deserves both jail time and an emmy and i i felt that 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 shit made me go hug my kids man that was was like one of the darkest episodes of television i've seen period (laughs) But, but also like great i will not be shaking that series anytime soon it's like a whole new type of i don't know i don't even know what to call it (laughs) janelle como tweeted honestly human history makes a lot more sense when you remember how many of the major decisions were made by 19 year olds who drank wine for breakfast oh and i don't recommend new yorker cartoonists very often but asher perlman who's also a uh, writer for colbert tweeted a cartoon that he he put up with which is a dude leaving a room that is fully engulfed in flames walking into a room with a fire extinguisher saying shoot i know i came in here for a reason (laughs) yeah i saw that too that is a good encapsulation of the modern condition you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien you can find us on twitter at daily zeitgeist we're at the daily zeitgeist on instagram we have a facebook fan page and a website dailyzeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes 
where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? I think you're going to like this track from the Moses Yuffie Trio. They are like a German trio, but they're they're playing like new jazz kind of hip hop kind of stuff. So uh, this track, Throwback, does sound like a throwback of some like boom back hip hop, boom bap, not boom back, boom bap hip hop. Jay Dilla, might I say, uh, really nice synthesizers, good drumming, bass playing. So this is called Throwback by Moses Yuffie Trio. Oh, right. Got the Jay Dilla E stamp from Got you. from Miles. Got, uh, look, they like their little syncopation. They're like there offbeat rhythms. You know, I like it. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.